You're listening to The Fish Dish, brought to you by Eat Wisconsin Fish, a campaign of the Wisconsin Sea Grant Program. Are you fish curious, or are you a fish expert who wants to learn even more about Wisconsin's fisheries and cooking fish? We'll give you the latest dish on fish. Your hosts are Sharon Moen and Marie Zwickoff. Two, two friends, friends who, who have been, been working, working for Sea Grant seemingly forever and who know a thing or two about fish. But that's forever in a good way. Sharon runs the Eat Wisconsin Fish campaign. And Marie is a science communicator. In this episode, Sharon and I take a Lake Superior fish cooking class at the North House Folk School in Grand Marais, Minnesota. The day-long class was taught by Carolyn Littlefield, a food scientist who teaches at the University of Wisconsin River Falls. We'll introduce you to Chef Carolyn, who taught us six, yes, six, new fish dishes. That's way too many to cover in one episode. We'll focus on our experience preparing two of them, which were a smoked fish spread and a salt-encrusted baked fish. Both dishes work with simple ingredients, but they are showy and will make your friends think you've slaved for hours to prepare them. You'll also hear from two of our classmates, Amalia and Chris. A few days before the class, we had a chance to interview Carolyn when she stopped by our office. Today we have Carolyn Littlefield with us. She grew up on a farm near Turtle Lake, Wisconsin, and started her career in the food industry, working in the family bakery and cafe. After several years of moving around the country for education and a career in the restaurant business, Carolyn's back on the farm. As a lifelong learner, Carolyn continues to take classes around the region at the North House Folk School, where she has learned boat building and building yurts for many years. She's been taking classes there. She also writes a cooking column for the St. Croix Valley Master Gardeners Association newsletter and currently teaches in the Animal and Food Science Department at UW River Falls. So thanks, Carolyn, for coming here and speaking with us today. We were curious, Carolyn, what got you interested in cooking and cooking fish specifically? Well, first of all, thank you for having me today (laughs) as your guest. As far as cooking, I really started cooking as a young kid. I have memories of when I was in uh, kindergarten, standing on the end of the table on a chair, making two loaves of homemade bread because that's what I could handle. It's one of my first cooking memories. As you said in my introduction, we had the bakery and cafe during high school and college, and uh, my mom and my grandmother influenced my cooking, and been taking classes at North House since 1999, started boat building, and I've taken classes from B to Y. You know, sometimes you would say everything from A to Z, but I've only done B to Y, and <laughs> so carving and boat building, as you suggested, made a yurt done a lot of different classes, some basket making and all kinds of different things that they offer at North House. After taking classes for several years, I decided that maybe it was time to be an instructor. And I've taught cooking classes in other places, and it just seemed a natural fit with North House. So in Wisconsin, what kind of fish do you work with most when you're... Back in Wisconsin, at home, I really enjoy the trout that I can get from local fish farms, as well as any of the lake fish, walleye, panfish are always fun to catch and fun to eat. What's your favorite prep way? 
How do you cook for yourself? I know we're going to cook a lot of fun and wild things right. <laughs> in, during our class, but when you're just home, how do you cook the fish? Usually, and, and this is not something we're going to do in class, I usually heat the pan up with butter and olive oil and put the fish in skin side down till it doesn't stick to the pan, salt and pepper it, turn it over, fry it, eat it that way. Uh, depending on the fish, but that sounds that's what classic. I do a lot. Yes. <laughs> yes. So what can we expect from the class you'll be teaching us? With all of my classes, I hope that you have a good time and you learn something. But we're going to have a good time. And we are not going to leave hungry. Most likely, we'll be using whitefish and herring because those are the seasonal fish right now that they're catching. And we're going to look at different dishes with fresh fish or with smoked fish. So we're going to make a smoked fish spread. And we're going to get a chance to sample... I'll have a, a variety of smoked fish there, so as a class we'll, we'll sample them and talk about them. Is it saltier? Is it wetter? Is it drier? Is it moister? Which one's more flaky? Which one do you like better? And then we'll make the fish spreads from smoked fish. And we're going to make a couple of dishes. One that I really like, which is a fish cooked in a style of Veracruz, Mexico with tomatoes and carrots and onions and olives and capers like that one very much to take a a step back when dishes were developed we're going to cook a fish on a cedar plank and what I really like about that is that each one of you will get a cedar plank uh, or a cross cut of a cedar tree and a piece of fish and then it's up to you to decide what do you how do you want to season that fish do you want to salt and pepper and dill do you want to get really extravagant so i'll have a lot of different spices to pick from and herbs and then each person will get to design their own piece of fish and that has been kind a fun experience i had a friend that took this to a family gathering where you might do a make your own taco or make your own pizza but in this case it was uh, season your own fish fillet and let's like that was a party theme fun Um, yeah and we're going to take um, fresh tomatoes and cilantro and red onions and lime juice and we're going to make a fish ceviche which is a uh, more of a tropical dish where when the fish are caught in more tropical areas that have a lot of lime juice or other citrus juice where they can cut up the fish I've had it with shrimp and we'll marinate it in lime juice but we're going to cook our fish first yes we've been lectured on (laughs) the dangers of freshwater fish yes yes, we don't want anyone to go off with a parasite no so we will cook our fish first we'll poach it Mm-hmm. And then season it and marinate it. I really like that freshness of that dish. Mm-hmm. And of course, we have to have a fish chowder. Mm. Oh, they're my favorite. Fish mm-hmm. chowder. Right. So that's the products that we're going to be making and looking at. Potentially, if I could get whole fish, smaller whole fish, we're going to do a salt-crusted baked fish. Where you encase it in salt and then bake it, and it turns oh. out juicy and delicious and wonderful. That sounds like my kind of fish. I love salt so much. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not overly salty. Okay, so that's interesting. You All leave right. the head on, leave the skin and the scales, just take out the entrails, 
fill the cavity with any kind of aromatics you want, and then we pack it in salt and bake it. So the USDA and um, American Heart Association suggests that people eat at least two fish meals a week. How often do you eat fish at your house? We try to eat at least two a week. Sometimes it's more, like in the winter, ice fishing, if we get fish, you know, we eat a couple times in a row, as well as not necessarily Lake Superior fish, but all kinds of fish. Is cooking Lake Superior fish different than cooking other wild-caught fish or other fish? So in my experience of cooking different fish from different areas, I use the same techniques, regardless of where the fish maybe is from. We were in Spain and at a friend of mine's sister's home, and we cooked fish there. We picked the fish out, and I can't tell you what kind of fish, but we put cilantro on it and oil and salt and baked it. And that is what I would do at home as well. To kind of answer your question, I don't differentiate where. It just might be a different way that I I cook the fish. So if I have tilapia or some farm-raised fish, I'm going to cook it in uh, a sauce, like a tomato sauce or something, to give it a little more pizzazz than the plain tasting fish. If I have a beautiful trout or a salmon filet that I really enjoy, I might just salt and pepper it and fry it. One of the most important things in cooking fish of any type or seafood of any type is to not overcook it. We tend to maybe think it needs longer to cook or cook it too high for too long or forget it in the oven for longer than it should. There's a real skill or talent or maybe it's an art to getting fish cooked so that it's done to your liking and that it is still tender and moist. And that, I assume, you just learn kind of from experience, huh? (laughs) From experience and also from talking to other people. I also use temperature a lot. So I have a thermometer that has a cord on it so that the reader's outside of the oven or outside the pan and the thermometer's in the product the whole time. And then I watch the temperatures and I cook things a lot more based on temperature. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know you could do that. You can. (laughs) Yeah, wow. (laughs) From temperature of fish to temperature of baked goods. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I tend to overcook things. Well, that's a very good tip. And now it's time for the Fishalicious part of our podcast. Picture us in a commercial kitchen with eight like-minded home cooks. The space is full of stainless steel counters and bowls, sharp knives, and industrial ovens. It's a little intimidating. Limes, lemons, onions, and tomatoes wait for us at our cooking stations. Lake whitefish, lake herring, and lake trout are on the menu. Throughout this podcast, you'll hear us say herring. This is a regional term for Cisco. Cisco's are not to be confused with ocean herring, which you can buy in jars as pickled herring, and have a much different flavor profile. Cisco got the name Lake Herring because they swim in schools. Some of the first fishermen of European descent on Lake Superior thought they looked like ocean herring. Actually, there are many names for this fish. Lake Herring, Cisco, Tulabi, Bluefin, Coronagus artidae for the science crowd, and Aduna beans in Ojibwe. You can find recipes for the smoked fish spread and the salt-encrusted Cisco on the Eat Wisconsin Fish website. That would be eatwisconsinfish.org and the Fish Dish podcast page. Now let's get cooking. So what we're going to do 
is we're gonna everybody's gonna make smoked fish spread and trout, herring, and whitefish, a combination, what you desire. But what I want to do first is open them and taste them so you know the difference between kind of the three. Uh, and if you have one that you prefer to get some of that for your, your fish. We're going to use about eight ounces of smoked fish. So when we get to that point, I'll bring the scale over and you kind of guessing we get about a 30% loss. So about a third of what you take will be skin and bones. You know, that would be 10, 11 ounces of fish. So what we have is we have lake trout. So I'll just open this up and the herring, you'll see herring again. To the white fish, by far, okay, white fish is a little softer. Let me grab these plates. So what I'll have you do is take a plate, dish yourself up a little bit, and we'll try them. Whitefish spread, and we used smoked fish, smoked whitefish from Lake Superior, and cream cheese and sour cream. And what I love best is it's like half a lemon in it. It's very good. We have real lemon juice. Real lemon juice, so it's excellent. And then after we're done adding spices and herbs, we're going to put it in the refrigerator. And then after lunch, we'll see how the taste has changed. That'll be kind of interesting to see how the flavors meld over the course of the day. While the smoked fish spread is cooling in the refrigerator, we're turning to our second dish, a salt-encrusted cisco, also known as lake herring. This is such a unique dish. Despite its name, as Carolyn mentioned before, the fish doesn't end up being ultra-salty. Carolyn explains. Like, from this morning, caught right out here on the lake, Lake Superior, and they're good-sized herring. Okay. Bigger than they thought they were going to be, but that's okay. They say to use nothing bigger than two, two and a half pounds. And they say you don't want to go over that size because it doesn't bake as well. We have one for each table. I've read a lot in about them. I've cooked a few. I always impress people and they're not nearly as hard as you might think. So what we're going to do is you have two pounds of salt. You have a canister and six ounces. I'll, I can demonstrate kind of how we're going to do it. And then so we're just using table salt, fine ground. We'll use egg whites. So we're going to separate our egg out. What you're looking for is the consistency of wet sand. And you don't need a thick crust of salt, you just need an even crust. So then we take about half of it. And this is where you can make sand castles, however you want to. I'm going to spread this out. Oh, the other reason that not to use longer fish is you can't fit them on the baking sheet. So can you use any type of fish for this? Any or? type of fish. I've done walleye. Okay. And a lot of them are that I see recipes that are talking about saltwater fish, but we're going to use this beautiful herring. One of the things that it says is if you want to really present it, like you want to crack open the salt and make it look good and, and in front of people, and then you want to oil your fish with a little olive oil so it doesn't stick to the salt. I really appreciate the salt sticking to the skin because when you pick it out, then it's skin. So whatever your choice may be, I've also seen pictures where they leave the tail and the head out. So the tail and the head 
you know, are not our most valuable pieces to eat. Don't need to necessarily worry about those. So once you get it on here, then we're going to fill, this is why I had you save your stems, we're going to fill the body cavity with our aromatics. Um, I have a few odd onion shapes from the ends of my onion. I got a couple little sprigs of dill. So we'll just fill it up with your choice now. So we'll just stuff the cavity. Now you kind of want to get that kind of to close because you don't want a lot of salt getting in there. Okay. And now before I put the top on, the next thing is what I said over here is we want to bake it to 130 to 135 internal temperature. If you've got a bigger fish, like if you have a two and a half pound fish, use three pounds of salt. The cool thing about salt is it's inexpensive. So what's happening in here is the salt is going to firm up and it will form this crust. So what's going to happen is it's going to steam the fish. So that's what we're going to do. So here's your fish. So now we're making salt encrusted herring that is going to be baked in the oven and it uses over two pounds of salt but we're not eating all that salt it's just so we can encrust the fish and steam it uh, with the salt on is my impression we'll see and i feel like we're making a fish blanket or quilt <laughs> a fish, yeah, fish a, in a quilt fish in a quilt because we're keeping the tail out and the head out and the fish is stuffed with lemon and cilantro and a little bit of onion and dill oh and dill is in there too yep and these herring were caught just this morning from the north shore fishery here in grand marais you really can't get fresher fish than this and did we say what the salt mixture is made out of no it's just two pounds of salt and three egg whites so it's very simple it's like snow or icing. <laughs> yes, it reminded me of icing. and You mix it to the consistency of wet sand, but uh, it also looks like it could be frosting on a birthday cake or a wedding cake. <laughs> mm-hmm. And if you oil the fish, the salt won't stick to the skin before you put the salt on. But if you don't oil the fish, which we did not, then when you take the salt off, the skin of the fish will come off. Right, so it depends on how you want to serve it. Chef Carolyn was saying that if you wanted to do a big presentation at a dinner party, you would oil the fish so you could take the salt off and it would be a nice display fish. Ah. But ours is not for show. Ours is for food. Preparing this dish was a lot of fun, but I would argue the part that comes after the cooking is even more fun. Here's Carolyn working on her fish after it's out of the oven. Her implement of choice? A hammer. You can be suppressive and have a special hammer for cracking your fish, right? Is that not cool? Maybe even a bigger one than this, right? Otherwise, use a wooden spoon. It's hard now. So crack it. It has been harder. And right now, it's 172 degrees. I took it out at 135, so it's fully cooked. You can do that big reveal at the table. But look at your fish. 
Beautiful. Mm. Beautiful. All right, so go ahead and take your fish back to your station. You want to tap enough to break the salt. You don't want to smoosh the fish. <laughs> All right, Marie, what are you doing? I'm freeing the fish from its salt. Carolyn later told me I was having way too much fun going at the fish with a wooden spoon. I was hitting it all over. A more effective method is to only hit the crust along the sides of the fish, not the top of it. That will allow the crust to come off in a larger piece, more like a lid coming off of a jar. So I was there to witness that, and uh, <laughs> Marie was going to town on the fish. It was kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody else was, too. So. That's true. Right. <laughs> so we just needed a little more instruction. But I thought it was such a unique way to prepare a fish. I can't wait to try it out this fall. I think I'll have a, a dinner party. It seems like a fall recipe. Yeah. And that's when the Cisco are really starting to run. That would be in November. When you think November, think Cisco. <laughs> yeah, and it, you can put different tasty things inside of it you know um they can be leftovers from herbs you've used for a different dish or whatever you have hanging around the kitchen lemon slices what else did we use we did lemon Uh, and onion onion, little pieces of onion and herbs in Mm. ours and it was very tasty and then what did you think of the smoked fish spread well i'm just a sucker for smoked fish in general so loved it i'm of the two that we made yours was better <laughs> so it oh. liked yours better i put some cajun spices in mine that oh. didn't it didn't allow this smoky flavor to come out as much as i was hoping like mm-hmm. yours you could really taste the fish more mine mine i just got overzealous with the spices and oh. the seasonings i think uh-huh yeah. well i thought it tasted just fine <laughs> Good. yeah and i think mine had a little bit more lemon in it mm-hmm. too and that just added a little zing to it and yeah but both were good and i hope you ate all of yours up when you got home yes yes, yes. we savored it over several days i can't wait to make the smoked fish spread for like the next gathering i know i, I have some company coming tonight and i have some smoked fish i'm like i better make some spread out of this oh <laughs> so, right yeah so i'm ready i'm You'll ready have to, to tell me how it goes and oh, if yeah. they think you've slaved for hours that's on right it. <laughs> <laughs> <I will. laughs> Okay, so once all our cooking was done, Sharon and I took a couple of our classmates aside and got their impressions of the class. And the first one we talked to was Amalia Spagnolo. We made six dishes today. Did you have a favorite? I think I really like very much the smoked fish bread because it's easy. You can take it anywhere if somebody says I've got it you know come over you, you've got something right away it's there's not a lot of preparation just get all the ingredients whack it together before you go stick it in the fridge mm-hmm. and bring some crackers that's it I like that yeah seems like it's classy oh know. and it'll, it'll, it will look like I spent a lot of time and that's important to me to look like maximum effort minimum amount of time yeah. <laughs> do you think this class Will make you think about fish more next time you have to like it. Yeah, I think so. 
you know, we've always enjoyed fish and with um, dietetic concerns for diabetes and weight control and that, it's been important to find simple, and I hate using clean foods, but foods that don't have a lot of stuff that's hard to find or super fatty or like that. And the nice thing about fish is that you've got this lovely protein that it is delicious, it's filling, there's barely any carbohydrates depending on what you're adding to it. Um, so it would work really well for somebody who's a pescatarian, I think, or keto or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. Or diabetic, for in, in our case, looking at that. Anything else? No, I think I think this is great because it's sort of, <laughs> what I enjoyed is it sort of filled the, the uh, whole Top Chef fantasy of being in a commercial kitchen with all the ingredients that have been set out for you and it's just, you don't have to do anything but just do the cooking and ooh and ah over how amazing you are because somebody put all this stuff out for you ahead of time. Yeah, it's a lot easier that way. <laughs> I wanted to talk with classmate Chris Cantor because I'm always curious to learn more about the barriers people face when it comes to cooking fish. As we were introducing ourselves to each other, you talked about some trepidation cooking fish coming into the class after living all over the world and, and liking to eat fish in restaurants. You wanted to get better at cooking it. How do you feel now after taking this class? I feel confident that I could choose fish and cook it. Excellent. And what were some of the barriers to you wanting to cook fish prior to this class? Well, the bones. You know, I just feel like I don't want to have to deal with the bones. I don't know how to get the bones out. Uh -huh. And if I'm serving fish to other people, I don't want it to be full of bones. So I, I've always felt uh, intimidated by that. What do you typically cook when you do cook fish? Salmon. Salmon is easy to cook. Like to do different things with salmon, so that's the one that I'm not intimidated okay, by. Now we have whitefish and herring yes. and lake trout to add to your repertoire. So. Yes. Wonderful. Well, it was a great meeting you at class today, and I hope to hear your cooking lots of fish in the future. So thank you. Nice to meet you both. Well, Carolyn was right. We had a great time in her class, and we did not leave hungry. For more information and Carolyn's smoked fish spread and salted fish recipes, visit Eat Wisconsin Fish on the web at eatwisconsinfish.org, plus Twitter and Facebook. Thanks goes to Carolyn Littlefield for speaking with us, and to Amalia Spagnolo and Chris Paz Cantor. Thank you for listening.